Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Elijah Streams. My name is Julie Smith, and I'm filling in for Steve Schultz today on Tuesday, November 14th, 2023. It's always a privilege being with you all. I am so excited to be here today with our guests. We have two amazing guests. Uh, the legendary Lou Engel and Jenny Donnelly. And this is the first time we've had them on together. We've had them on separately, um, but they got connected totally of the Holy Spirit. It's an incredible story, and we're happy to have them on today together. But before we bring them on, we wanted to run this well spot to show you where your generous donations are going. We are celebrating. Why? Because thousands of people cannot access clean water and thousands have given their lives to Jesus because of the clean water ones that have been drilled. You are truly saving lives. You have no idea the peace of mind that you have brought to the mothers in these villages. Now, their young daughters don't have to travel alone for miles and miles to collect water. Instead, they can focus on school and family. Everyone is rejoicing and giving thanks. May God bless you all. Come with me as we go visit one of the mothers that you have impacted. Hello. Hey, I'm here with Pegson's family. Pegson is a mother of eight and she lives with some of her grandchildren. Before the new water wells were drilled in this community, they would walk two hours to the old water source to collect water. It was very hard for them. But now everything has changed because they now have a new water source. Because of you, the water source is just two minutes away from their home. Stories have changed. Thank you for being a blessing. May God bless you. We would like to say thank you. You have impacted so many lives by donating towards the drilling of water wells. But there are still people without access to clean water. Donate today at elijahsdreams.com slash donate. Amazing. Amazing. Those never get old. I love watching each and every one of those. So we're excited about what God is doing through your generous giving to Elijah's Dreams. Thank you for partnering with us to make an impact in people's daily lives around the world. You are making a huge difference. And we thank you for it. So with that, let's bring on Lou Engel and Jenny Donnelly. Well, hello there, Mr. Lou Engel and Miss Jenny Donnelly. Thank you. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited that you're with us today. We're thank excited so as much. well. Great to see you, Julie. Oh, thank you. You're such a legend and an inspiration and a hero. And I'm so excited to hear from you both. And, um, you know, this is a call to action, what you're going to share today. And, you know, they say actions speak louder than words. Our words are powerful. Our decrees are powerful but so are our actions and we can all be active and uh, get involved in what you are doing and sharing um, in, in the days ahead. So I'm really excited to get into these uh, points that you have. But Jenny, just real quick, you shared off air that you were uh, at Daystar yesterday and you were given seven minutes to preach about Esther. And it's like, talk about being on the spot. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that was really, really fun. Um, so I was on ministry now with Joni and Dr. Doug Weiss, and um, they were so curious about this movement of a million women and really what was happening, of course, you know, to turn our country back to God. And so we had a really good interview with that. Um, normally people come on and preach right after that, but we had so much to talk about. The producers thought, well, man, you're probably just going to do an interview the whole time. But we got to a point in the conversation that they just said, okay, why don't you just, you know, preach this. And so um, there were seven minutes on the clock. So this is how we know God is still working miracles today. <laughs> I was born with a lot of words. I, I came to terms with that um, quite recently, but um, it, yeah, we just took a few minutes and talked about this wonderful girl, Esther. And I've been thinking about Esther really being the church 
you know, est her is kind of how I see it. It's establishing her, the church. And as you watch Esther respond to this life that God's called her to, it, it's it's pretty interesting how we, the church, are being called into a place where we might not be so familiar with it. Mm-hmm. It's going to take faith and trust in God like never before. But Esther saved her nation. And Mordecai made sure that she could not back up, say no, sit down. I mean, she had some reasons and excuses and all the things. But um, we are in some of the best days, and I believe that we are right smack dab in the middle of the story. So, yes, it's fun. We can talk more about Esther if we want to today, too, but it's pretty awesome. Speaking of Esther and Mordecai, that just reminds me of you all getting connected. That's such an awesome story. Tell us how you got connected real quick for uh, those who maybe didn't see your last show. Yeah. So. It's interesting. Um, The Lord told me in 2020, I was minding my own business, like making my bed, something really boring. I was on the on the phone with somebody and the Holy Spirit just came right through my spirit and said, Jenny, you're going to help gather a million women. Mm -hmm. And in 2020, this was the beginning of covid. Portland was starting to be ransacked, my hometown of Portland, Oregon. So things were, you know, unsettled. Right. I still did not connect a million women with turning America around and that we were headed into some of the, you know, most challenging days for our, our city and our nation. So when God said that, I didn't tell a single person, I don't know a million people. How do you even get started on that? You know? So, um, yeah. And I got in some prophetic rooms. So when you get around prophetic people, you know, they'll just pull that stuff off the shelf real quick. And I got called out in a room of 450 women in Houston, Texas. And we all flew to this, you know, the super spreader, right? You know, deal. And um, they just called me out from the front and said, Jenny, there's a million women and you're going to stand in the National Mall in D.C. That was the first time I heard National Mall. I, I knew that there was a million women. I didn't know where we were going or what we were doing. But it was from the front that they said it was a million women. And so, or, or excuse me, that it was in D.C., well, as soon as that cat was out of the bag and it was public, now all these people, now all of a sudden I'm all accountable, right? I just thought, okay, Lord, man, this is real. That was that was super scary. So, <laughs> so I had people tell me, Jenny, did you know that Lou Engle is carrying the vision for a million women on the mall? Well, when they said that, I had massive relief because I'm thinking, yeah. God, you got you, you have you seen my Instagram followers? Like I haven't been really working on it. Like God, like, are you sure, God? Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's so many other people that are so much more qualified than me. And I'm not saying that out of like a false humility. I'm saying that out of a practical, logical place. Like, God, why me? You know, but I happened to pray a really um dangerous prayer during this time. And it was, you know, God, either get me out of this state because the, the you know, city's being torn up, the churches aren't open, we're sitting, we're benched, we're we're in like, you know, wait zone. We're trying to wait for evil to give up, which is not how it works. And I just said, God, either get me out of the state or put me in the fight. Well, that was a dangerous prayer I found out, right? So then here's the million. Here I hear Lou Engle. Now I know of Lou Engle. I've never met Lou Engle in person. So people are telling me this, like I can just pick up the phone and call him. And I'm thinking, I don't know Lou Engle that well, but I have a feeling that he's not just going to take my phone call. <laughs> and not because of, of any other reason than just he doesn't know me, you know? So um, I went uh, to bed one night and, you know, people are praying about it. They're like, well, we're going to intercede. We're going to intercede that you meet Lou Engle. And I said, that's great. You should do that. Um, and I went to bed one night and I just I just remember rolling over. I'll never forget it. And I said, God, if you want me and Lou Engle to be connected, and this is this is important for the how this thing's going to roll out. Yes. I'm in some of my head. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but if that's an important connection, just make the connection. And it was the next day that a friend texted me and said, hey, um, I got a hold of Lou and he wants to meet you. And it was just that simple prayer, you know, with, with, and I was in a position of like, God, this is so far beyond me. Like, I'm going to just be crazy all of a sudden, you know? So I just handed it to the Lord. It was the very next day that um, we set up a time to talk. I got on the phone with Lou. I shared my testimony with him. Invited him out to our conference that was coming up in just a, a, like six weeks from the time that we talked. So he came out to Portland. We had about 1,500 people out um, in a tent uh, meeting on our lawn out at our retreat center. And him and his beautiful wife, Therese, came out. And um, 
maybe you could pick it up from there, Lou. <laughs> but that's when we got connected and it's been a rocket ship ever since. It's been pretty awesome. Oh yeah, there's a picture of you guys together. Yeah. What's that? It's been a wild ride so far, Lou. It, it's a wild ride. We're actually standing. I, is that the Supreme Court behind us? Yeah, I it is. Yeah. yeah. So I, I can't tell you how many times I've been there. Uh, it was 18 years of standing in front of the Supreme Court pleading the blood of Jesus and then wrote Paul's. Yeah. And I almost feel like that was a, a statement in the spiritual realm that things can begin to break. And uh, Jonathan Kahn's book uh, on the return of the gods speaks of the repossession of the spirit realm in America. And it's really a bad news book. But he writes the epilogue and he says, I was not going to write an epilogue in this book, Return of the Gods, but something happened on the day I ended my manuscript. On that day, Roe v. Wade was overturned, and I knew it was a sign that the church would move forward and keep moving forward. It could actually begin to turn America back to God. So now I think what we're doing now with, with Jenny is part of the next step of seeing America turn back to God. And it's about a wave of incredible salvation coming to America. It was, it was promise keepers. The picture you just see here, the don't mess with our kids, which Jenny is calling. It was in 1997, literally. I have this picture. I was uh, speaking to 600 young people uh, a week later, and I held up the picture of the uh, USA Today of the promise keepers gathering, and I prophesied. The hearts of the fathers are turning to the children, but the hearts of the children are going to turn to the fathers. And there's coming a corresponding movement of young people to the mall in D.C. And when they go, it will be a sign that America is turning back to God. The year 2000, 400,000 young people gathered to the mall. I think, I just feel in my heart, Julie, I believe all those listening, I believe it is time for the women to go to the mall. And Esther movement to take their stand believe that when they pray, a salvation explosion is going to take place. He's going to answer us with another Jesus movement like the 70s. And I believe he's going to break the kind of witchcraft that Haman was carrying when he drew lots and declared uh, and seeking the time when he would kill all the Jews. I want to just say something about Esther. The question to me is not whether or not an Esther has been put into place. She got there before Haman got there. The question is not so much whether she was there, uh, is in a place where she can make the big difference. The question is, when the moment comes, will she live for self-preservation, her retirement, her nice, comfortable world, or will she recognize that there is a decree, a literal decree of destruction against God's people? And if you look at what's going on right now in America, and I, I feel like I need to say this, and it'll be controversial, but yesterday, the Lord just downloaded an event because I've been praying ever since the days of Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton were the abortion presidents. They loosed it all over the world. President Obama was the LGBTQ president. When he put the lights, uh, the, the, the colors on the White House, and celebrated the Stonewall Uprising. A king opened a door to something that we are now living under uh, 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 under this, uh, this wave that's taking place. And uh, President Biden was the transgender president and is. He opened the door in his cabinet, bringing the key women of the world who are transgenders in. I feel what we're in is this Jezebel uh, movement this Elijah movement that is manifesting through the women that are coming on the scene. So Esther is there. Haman rises with a real decree. And Jenny will tell you more stories later on in this podcast, in this stream, of the stories that are going on. I don't think we have tomorrow. I think, I think we're in a last stand for America, just like Esther was. And Esther had to come to the point where she realized who she was. 
she would risk everything. She found her identity when she said, I'm going to stand and it's over my dead body, but this nation is going to be saved. When she does that, literally, a literal government leader falls to the ground, Haman, a decree is, is, uh, is dislodged, and it releases a movement of revival and reformation. I believe we're in the time that if these Esthers don't go to the mall for such a time as this, pray and fast, take communion to apply the blood to the guilt of our nation on the Day of Atonement. And if they don't take a public stand, pray fast, the Day of Atonement, everyone fast. Can you imagine a million women fasting and crying to God? I believe you'll hear us. And then the second part is you've got to take a public stand and you've got to resist the decree. This is where we're at, and we're believing for such a time as this, a hinge of history moment, Esther's will arise to save a nation. There it is. Amazing. You know, while you were speaking, Lou, I was thinking about how we moved from abortion to to the transgender, um, you know, subject now. It's like, okay, Roe v. Wade was taken down. We still have abortion issues in each state, but now the enemy is like, Okay, so they won Roe v. Wade and it was taken down, but now we're going to rise up with this transgender agenda, and it is horrific. And I can't even believe the things that are going on in schools and the things that they're, uh, you know, preaching to the children and shoving down their throats. Can you talk into, you know, this agenda and what's happening now and how we can, um, you know, take action on this? Either one of you. Want me to do that? I have have quite a bit to say about that. Yeah. Um, So first and foremost, on the spiritual side, you know, the method is pray, fast, stand. Lou just nailed that. Yeah. Pray, fast, and stand. The praying and fasting for me personally, that's my comfort zone. That's been a lifestyle for a very long time. But during this process, after meeting Lou, after getting in touch with some godly people in Peru who turned their whole nation around and finding out what they did to stand up against this transgender ripoff, the unraveling, the deconstruction of the family. You know, they said enough is enough and they stood up and they went into the streets. Now, when I saw the video of Peru, they're filling the streets, millions of people, millions of people that love family. Some of them, most of them love God. Some of them don't know God, but they love the family. Um, when I saw that piece, I thought, okay, this is new, this is new territory for me. But what the Lord downloaded when I was watching this one day is he said, pray fast and stand. It's not just pray fast and it's not just stand Mm -hmm. because we know what it looks like for movements to go stand in the streets. And there was nothing spiritual about it. There was no prayer behind it. You know, it was just in human flesh. It was in human effort, but we also don't want to just pray fast and then hope for some really brave person to go do the work and go use their voice. God is actually calling the church to do all three of those things, just like he called Esther. You know, Esther, she once she got it, because if, if you read it, she pushed it away a couple different times until Mordecai said, hey, listen, you're already dead. You know, it's basically what he said. He said, Esther, you're not going to survive this just because you're in the palace. The destruction of the Jews is also going to come to you. When she got it, oh, okay, so I could die going before the king, but I'll definitely die if I don't. You know those books where you choose your own adventure? She got an opportunity to choose her own adventure. Am I going to go before the king and risk dying, or am I not going to go before the king and definitely die? That's where we are as the church. We're having to decide. And um, she so got backed into a corner, and so she called for a fast and praying for three days, no water. The girl was. She was radical, you know, because no, she knew this is this is a do or die moment. Yeah. So it was no food, no liquid, no water. She called her people to a fast for three days. But what she didn't do was pray that the king would have a dream or an angel would come in his room or the servant would come and say, hey, listen, I, I think you need to know about this. And I no, she knew it was her. See, asked her, the church, somehow the church has to say, it's me. Got to use my voice. 
Yeah. You know, it's not just going to be Lou Engle using his voice. It's not just going to be Lance Wall now. It's not just going to be Steve Schultz. It's not just going to be Joyce Meyer. It's not just going to be Jenny Donald. It's going to be me, little old me. That's how I feel, everybody, little old me. But somehow, some way, God is going to use our voices collectively to pierce the darkness and take down and deconstruct these structures that are going to rip our country at the seams if we don't stand up. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. So to answer that question, the tears of women, the tears of men mm-hmm. breaks the witchcraft. That was the first response Mordecai had to the decree. He didn't go to Esther first. He went into the streets. He put on sackcloth and ashes and began to weep and wail. And the other, the Jews did. His, his, his community came out to the streets to publicly cry, to mm-hmm. wail. And you know what Esther's response was? Get him some clothes. Tell him to clean up. She didn't want this undignified response mm-hmm. to death. Has the church wanted to kind of push away an undignified response? And we just kind of want to be dignified. This is going to be an undignified cried our God and our King. And so thank God Mordecai did not let Esther clean up or or her clean him up. So that was her first attempt to be like, we're not going here. We're not doing this. I'm queen. Don't ruin the show. Everything's going to be fine. La, 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 head in the sand. So he went forward with that. So that's, that's the praying and fasting part. And that's where the witchcraft gets broken through the, through the tears. But as far as standing goes, let's talk about this. Yeah. Everybody, whether you're used to it or not, I'm I'm not used to it. I just have just started like, okay, I guess I'm going to school board. What does that look like? I don't know, but God told me to show up. So we're going to be going to school boards. We're going to be going to the capitals. In fact, on April 13th, every single capital, all 50 states, we are asking you to literally drop everything for two hours. And we'll have more about that. You can go to um, any of these websites you've been putting up. We're connecting for the capitals, but um, we're going to go to the capitals. We're going to cry out to God. We're going to, you know, many of us will be moved to tears. This is worth crying over. You know, a child, an eight-year-old that wants to be the other gender, this is worth crying over. Yeah. This is worth crying over mothers that are saying, wait a minute, we're a Christian family. How did my child at 18 say, well, guess what, guys? I'm going to be married to the same sex. We, this is worth crying over. And then the standing part. Okay, this is the part where we get to, we have to fight this in the air first. We have to address the principalities, the powers. We got to use our authority in the air. But on the ground, here's what I'm looking forward to. We're going to catch up with how to get our voices in spheres of culture, where my voice, along with the voices of other women and other men, Mordecai's Esther's all around, that we're going to go to school boards. We're going to get to the ballot box, everybody, because you know what? God doesn't vote. We do. Why would we want to give 50% of our authority over to the devil? Because we didn't vote. So that means we're going to have to educate ourselves. I've told some reformers and some people that are very skilled in this stuff. I said, listen, I'm your prototype. I'm a mother of five kids. I love Jesus. I have a ministry that praise God, the Lord has put his hand on, but I don't know how to make a difference. I've learned how to fast. I've learned how to pray, but I don't know how to make a difference in the governmental issues that we are under so much pressure. Can you teach me how? Because if you can teach me how to do it and you got to talk low, man, like you got to get like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, wait, what's Supreme court? What's the city council? What's, I mean, you got to get, you got to take this thing to a low level, but if you can teach me how my one voice can make a difference, then I will tell as many women as I can. And so I want people to be thinking about this. How can I make a difference in the school boards? We need to flip school boards by voting the right people into school boards. And then we need to vote period in the presidential election, right? And so what we're doing is we're working with people now that are setting us up with voter guides so that you can look and say, okay, this candidate believes this, this Mm -hmm. candidate stands for this. And what we look for is biblical alignment. Right. It's it's yeah. no longer is it Democrat and Republican. Mm-hmm. No longer is it any of that. It is. Do you stand for what my Jesus stands for? Do you stand for that? And do you stand against what he's against? So anyway, I, this question, you know, we open a big old can of worms here, but I just want to encourage everybody listening, whether you have a platform or not. This is what God told me. He said, hey, Jenny, 
there are a lot of people with a big name and the people with a big name and a big platform, they have a voice and they can use it anytime or they cannot use it anytime. And that's a choice they're going to have to make. But the women who might never have a large platform, they might never have a microphone. Mm -hmm. Those women have the most important platform there is. And it's the little people in their home that they're raising up yes. to lead an entire nation in the very near future. You take, you take God out of children, mm -hmm. you take God out of the future. And he said, those women who don't have a platform, he said, those are the ones I want you to give a voice. Mm -hmm. Those are the women that I'm after. I'm after, you know, Molly with her two kids in the cul-de-sac that just doesn't know how to keep up with all the candidates and what's going on. So just, you know, stay connected to everything going on. Um, I don't know if we have, if, if you have this available on your banner, Julie, but to stay connected really easily, you can even get connected to our text messaging system. And we're going to start sending out this information and sending out ways to be connected. Yeah, there it is right there. That's perfect. So it's her voice, all one word to 55498. Mm -hmm. That's a way for you to stay connected. But you could probably sense my passion with this. I want mothers and fathers and people to know that even though we're just one in 8 billion people on the earth, our one thing can make a difference. Mm -hmm. And there's nobody that's so underqualified that you can't come and push America into a direction where we can have King Jesus be magnified and glorified in our nation again. And, you know, while you were speaking, Jenny, I was thinking the importance of being involved at the school level. You know, here we think we need to make this grandiose, you know, um, we need to be at the national level, you know, where our influence is. But it really starts at the school level, at the school board That's level. Right. It's regionally, it's not nationally. It's, it starts with us regionally and where we're at and where we can make an impact right where our kids go to school, right That's in right. our communities. That is just as important as being involved at the national level. And yeah. so I'm going to turn it over. To, do you want to finish that? Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, I've, I've been introduced to, I've been made aware of a lot of things going on in the schools. I am absolutely grieved about what's happening in all 50 states. I'm here in Texas right now. And I saw what was in Texas schools that would blow your minds. Mm -hmm. There is, there is straight up pornography mm. in our elementary schools that kids just go into the, their library in their school, pull a, a, something off the shelf, innocently open it up. Parents don't know. You just pull out of your backpack. You start looking at it. And it is literally animations of sexual encounters between boys and boys and girls and girls with instructions mm -hmm. on how I, I don't mean to be graphic. What I'm telling you is that our children do not know how to protect themselves. And as mothers, if we stay silent at such a time as this, our children will pay the price, which is the exact goal of the enemy. Yeah. I can't in good conscience stay silent anymore. And even if I'm low information. I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my best to be educated and use my voice. Amen. That's so encouraging. Lou, you're a father. You're such a general. And um, as Jenny was talking, I saw you handing off batons, one after the other, mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of people. You're passing on batons to them and saying, go for it. Run your race. And can you encourage the Mordecais out there? How do men get behind the esters? and become the Mordecais that need to support them. You are the perfect person to speak into that. Well, it's interesting. Mordecai sets off the whole thing. Yeah. Simply because he resists and doesn't bow down to, uh, to Haman, who is a, a, an Agagite, which is the enemy of the Jews from the beginning of Gen in, the, in, the book of, in the book of Exodus that this enemy of the Jews, the hatred of the Jews, he does not bow down to him. He, he makes a stand. One person making a stand actually can start an explosion of a movement that affects the whole world. One person, the man in uh, Peru, Jenny, he, he was on a, on a show and they said, hey, you could go to prison for this. And he says, take me to prison. And it created an up, a fiery uprising that said, We'll go to prison, but we're standing that, that God created man in the image of man, created male and female. That's our stand. We lift up that banner. 
So Mordecai is not a passive man. He is actually a man that has actually taken a stand. Not only that, he is a father. He adopts. As an uncle, he adopts. So there is this men turning their heart to the children, to the fatherless children. Mordecai, in an amazing way, is a giant. So when the decree comes, he's the first one to be weeping and fasting. And I want to say something concerning this, that I believe the fasting is the battle of the heavens. Like when we go to the, to the capital, I was talking today, Jenny, I want to call a million believers all across the nation to three days of an Esther fast. Let's do what God gave us in the template of Esther. What a million would do three days, two and a half days, that afternoon, standing in front of their capitals, taking a stand, pleading the blood of Jesus over the abortion guilt of the states, which just recently happened in Ohio and Kentucky. We're in trouble. We need weapons of power. But then Mordecai understands that literally, even in a sex traffic harem, that, that Esther has been brought into a position of queenship, favors on her life, and he tells her, 4.13, Esther 4.13, do not think you can hide. You can be silent. You must stand. I want to say to men that are watching this, it is time for every man to be a Mordecai in America. Every woman and Esther and every man a Mordecai. It's time for us to stop having this men-women battle. It's time to recognize that God raised up women like Deborah and Esther to save their people. So we're saying every man a Mordecai, tell them it's your time. Call them into their divine destinies. Call them into the uh, mobilization of a million. Fund them and come with them. But it's a million women on the mall. I felt in the dream that I shared with a few weeks ago that I was to be a, a, an Esther mobilizing this, this revival of Esthers. I want to say, let's, would to, to God that the major mega pastors and leaders of the nation recognize we've come to a last stand moment. I don't know if I said these first three uh, presidents, what's next? I feel we're in a moment that revival is an absolute must and a reformation that could take place to actually shift the high places of government and bring down Haman-type bills. Men, mobilize your women for such a time as this. I think it's our Mordecai time. And I think it's our Esther time. And, I, I, and I'm, I'm standing on it. And it's interesting that when Esther took her place as queen, little did he know that when he took a stand, when he called the woman to her place of authority and a divine moment of promotion, literally, literally he himself became the prime minister of the whole nation. Your promotion is based. The book of Daniel. It's, it's showdown after showdown, and promotion comes every time to Daniel and his three friends on the basis of no compromise. You don't compromise promotion. You take a stand, and either you die or God lifts you up and makes you the leader. Of the leader. It's time for a whole, the church of the whole nation to take a stand, stop being silent, and fight for our children. Less will go down in history as the generation that were silent. We lost our posterity. Oh, that's so good. And Jenny, you had a piece about um, Esther being brought out of her orphan mindset as well, and Mordecai's role. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so you think about Esther's situation as she was an orphan, meaning majorly traumatized anybody would be at that age to have their parents gone, you know, mm -hmm. and here comes Mordecai who is her cousin and adopted her, which, you know, was incredible, mm -hmm. but we have to think, I have a 15 year old, her name is Esther. <laughs> and I think about, I just try to, I try to imagine it. If Bob and I were gone, somebody else comes along, takes her up. She's, an only child, their parents are gone, totally traumatized. And then guess what? You're being rushed off to be paraded before somebody. And she was chosen, which is cool, except for guess what? The life that she knows that all of her comfort, all of her, you know, all of the repair, a 
of her heart is now gone. And now she's, she's in a completely different place as a person under such a young mind. And I just think about the emotional piece of that. And I think that's why she responded to Mordecai's grieving. Like, come on, it's time to, you know, don't go there. I don't know if she could handle more pain. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if she could handle that. And so I know that sometimes that happens to us, but an orphan is, um, you know, going to have certain ways of thinking. Yeah. Like it might be even something like, um, okay, if there's one Esther, there's only one Esther. So, you know, I guess if that person at my church, if she's speaking about this movement, then that means I can't. Or it could be, um, I, I, I can't face any more pain. I can't face the king. It's illegal. We're jumpy at any type of risk. And, it's, and we go into self-preservation with an orphan mindset. So that's the kind of thing that we're going to have to watch out for. And that's why we des- desperately need a relationship with the father. Um, I, I came from a family that broke up as a little girl and my dad moved 2000 miles away. So, um, this is an area that God had to heal me from, Mm -hmm. which was, I am like, I am loved. I am accepted. I am chosen anything I need. God's going to give me. There's no such thing as being shortchanged. There's no such thing as getting the short end of the stick. Um, and so that took a while, you know, to heal from that. But I think I just, I just try to put myself in the place of Esther and think, wow, you know, God uses people who've been majorly wounded Mm -hmm. to do crazy things. And so I just hope everyone listening right now understands like God's not looking at your resume of perfection and confidence and courage. He's just, he's just looking for a willing vessel. He's not, you know, you look at the heroes of the faith, you look at the Bible and you go, man, God, you use some people that were in some messes, you know? So that gives me great hope because I have quite a testimony that I shared on our, on the last Elijah streams. But um, I think that's amazing. But I do want to share this just in some practical because we're calling this episode or this broadcast a call to action. So yeah. Lou, I didn't tell you this because God's been reminding me the last couple of days how this came to be. But we started something called the Esther Network and Lou, Lou knows about that. But how it came to be, the Lord just reminded me the other day. It was in August of this year. I was down in Southern California. We were at Airbnb. I wake up in the middle of the night, totally awake. And I'm like, okay, God, what do you want to tell me? And he says, um, sec- secure the borders, sound the alarm. Mm. And I didn't, I had no idea what that meant. Um, went back to bed. The next morning, I just keep thinking, we need a year preparation. We need a year preparation until we get to DC. And I just couldn't stop thinking about that. And I think that your preparation needs, it'll involve praying and fasting. And then the standing piece, let's see how that's all going to work out. But I just knew I, we got to gather an army of people who don't want to leave this next year to chance. Yeah, We got to secure the borders. We need to sound the alarm. And, you know, I didn't, of course, know what was going to happen in Israel, but there's something in the spirit that's like, we got to secure the borders. We got, we got to sound the alarm in heaven. And we need to, we need to get, we need to lock, we need to get locked together. And so we developed something called the Esther network because quite literally we want streams and organizations and businesses to tie, let's tie in together and let's see what we can do as a united front. So what we did is we formed the Esther network mm-hmm. and um, we just launched it actually just a little over a week ago. So no one's late to the game. You can come in anytime, the sooner, the better, because what we're doing is a couple different components to this. You can go to hervoicemovement.com and look at that and join that way. You'll see the Esther network right there. And what happens is we have something set up called a so-scription. And God said, you know, we do so much for free. We almost do everything for free, actually. But for this one, he said, this will be the Esters who help fund the mall in D.C. So it is $9.99 a month, or you can pick some higher amounts to sew on the, on the page there. But the $10 a month, that right there is a subscription. So we put the proceeds into DC. When you get in, you have a Monday through Saturday. We post it one week at a time. And we have like um, yesterday was uh, Esther Mordecai Monday. That's what Mondays are, Mm -hmm. Esther Mordecai. We had Lou on there for the first several minutes, commissioning the women, charging them, praying for them. 
And then after that, it picks up with an, with an Esther, one of our female um, prayer guides, and she begins to pray, teach from the book of Esther. And then we do prayer activations. And so we're asking women, would you prayer walk while you do this? Would you just get committed to a daily routine of praying? And so what we're doing is securing the borders. We're sounding the alarm with this, with the Esther Network. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. So I'm inviting thousands of women into this and it will go up until... November 5th, which is the last day for the elections. And this isn't just about who, you know, gets into office, although there is some significance to that. But this is for people who say, I I have to be active in the spirit. I have to join something in prayer. I have to be a part of something. I'm very uncomfortable sitting back and just being nervous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, all that worry is energy spent in the wrong direction. The anxiety of the of of the nature of our world right now. Use that energy to get into a united front and army and pray with us. And those audios are posted for you all week. My assistant today said she listened to Monday and Tuesday today. So it's okay if you get behind, you'll listen one and and pray with us and you'll be activated in your own voice. The other thing that you can do, and this is entirely free, and this is something Lou has tons of passion around, and that is our prayer hubs. So a year and a half ago, we started these prayer hubs. It was the only thing I could think of to do towards the million. I was thinking, okay, God, what is it? And he said, I want you to establish prayer hubs all over the, all over the country. These are groups of two to 10. And I'm going to go like this. So you see it really good because we don't want you to go over 10 people. The reason is, and it's not a hard and fast rule of 12 come in, you know, no one's getting in trouble or anything. There's no prayer hub police. Okay. But what we want to do is we want women inside these prayer hubs one hour once a month, we want you to have every person in the room pray because sometimes we get over 10, 12 people and we get in audience mode. We don't need any more training in audience mode as the church. We're really good at that on Sunday morning, okay? We don't need any more listening to power, powerful Pam pray, okay? She's powerful, but you know what? There's Julie whose voice is powerful. There's Monica's voice who's powerful. And there's, you know, Susie's voice, who she's like, I don't feel very powerful. And we're like, just read the prayer on the sheet, you know? So we have 30 prayers. We wrote them word for word, not for the prayer warrior that can off-road and, you know, run the heavens, but we wrote that out word for word because I've encountered dozens and dozens and dozens of women who don't feel confident Mm -hmm. to pray out loud. Yeah. And so we just say, you know what? It doesn't matter how much experience you have. We don't care. Just read this because it's the word of God. It's going to go forth. So this is a training ground. It's prayer. We also have the 30 um, prayer points for children. And we upload five coloring sheets every single month because kids, and this is the harsh reality, but kids in other countries, not all other countries, but some other countries, there is effort right now. And we saw this with Hamas. We see this with these terrorist groups. There is effort to get kids trained in battle, obviously for the the kingdom of darkness. I feel very responsible as a mother that my children grow up in prayer is normal. Speaking the word is normal. This isn't strange to me. And so we have to protect our kids, defend our kids, but train them up in the way they should go because they are the future leaders of America. They're the future leaders of our churches. And um, so let's do this. You know, those are the Mm -hmm. prayers. So I wanted to get that practical step because we're going to, you know, we have some freedom conferences coming up. Lou has a conference that he's doing in February. So we have some powerful things, January, February, and March. So Lou's website will have that. Her voice movement will have those events. And then the capitals in April, but just know that it starts now. Mm-hmm. It starts now with the prayer hubs and the Esther network. Awesome. And Lou, let's hear from you for uh, a bit. I want you to speak into the orphan spirit. I just feel like there's a lot of people that are dealing with an orphan spirit and a mindset right now. You're a dad and you can really speak into this and break this off of people. And there are Esther's out there and even Mordecai's. I'm not qualified to be an Esther. I'm not qualified to raise my voice and go after all of these horrific, tough issues. And I don't feel as a Mordecai that I, I, I can speak into an Esther's life. Would you just speak into that and encourage uh, both sides. And um, I just feel like this is something that needs to be broken off during the broadcast today, an orphan spirit. 
Well, it's, uh, it's interesting because I was thinking earlier, I'll never forget reading uh, the LA Times many, many years ago, uh, an article uh, about a woman named Christina Noble. Of course, Christina means anointed like Christ. Mm. And last name is Noble. She received a name from her father or her mother. For this reason, I bow my knee before the father from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name or identity. God, your name from your birth may be just a placeholder. God has a name for you. Even in the book of Revelation, you'll be given a stone. And a name will be given to you that only you will know. Oh, to have the Father name you. If he can name you, he can frame you. Many times through my own journey, I've prayed that women would have dreams. And they have dreams and they find divine destinies. Part of the Mordecai fathering call to release divine identity and destiny. Christine Noble was anything but anointed with nobility. In fact, her mother and father left. She was left with her little siblings, taken into foster care. She was, uh, she was molested during uh, foster care. She ends up uh, uh, being separated from her siblings, ends up living homeless in a park, is gang raped, loses custody of the children. It's a life com completely opposite of her name. But she has a dream. And in this dream, Vietnamese children, that was during the days of the Vietnam War, without arms, without legs, who were wounded in that battle, in, in, in that war, were calling her and saying, Mama, Mama, we need you. 20 years later, she was ministering to 60,000 disinherited young people. Her pain became the platform of her prophetic destiny. Amazing that just because you've gone through pain, suffering, issues so deep, divorce, it is not the defining issue. We do not, I've said this, we live our lives under the shadow of a dominating prophecy, not under the shadow of statistics, not under the shadow of your failures, of your past. We live under the shadows of the voice of prophecy, of the voice of the Father telling us who we are. And so this is part of the prophetic calling, the Elijah calling. Go anoint Elisha. For me, I heard that voice many years ago. Part of my calling is go anoint Elisha, the double portion women's generation. And now I'm giving my whole year of my life, and I have spiritual daughters, amazing women, preachers around the world doing amazing stuff. We are calling the women of America as a Mordecai. I am telling you that you are the beloved daughter of God. One word from God is better than a thousand self-help books. I'm fine with self-help books, but oh, a word from God that tells you in a dream. And I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray as a father. I'm going to release the father's blessing that I've prayed over my own girls. I've got seven children. I've got two daughters. I want to pray this. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release the dreams of a father, whether by day or by night. I release divine identity over you and tell you, you are the beloved of God. I say from this day forward, you will reach out and touch the face of God. Not a frown of, shameful, of shame, but the smile of a father declaring, you are my beloved daughter in whom I will please. I pray that you will receive dreams from God. It's the story of my whole life journey where God has identified me. Call me by, by names in dreams and told me who I was. I speak that over you today, that you will never be an orphan because you have heard the voice of the Father. You cried, Abba, Father, and you are an heir of God in Christ Jesus. Anyway, I bless you today. Amen. Awesome. While you were praying, Lou, I saw red roses just growing and growing and growing and blooming, and you were handing red roses to all these women who feel like they're not qualified. It was like a father handing flowers, and it's just the sweet fragrance of the Lord with you doing that. It just releases his fragrance 
onto them. So we just release your fragrance, Lord, onto all the esters that they would receive from you and what Lou just prayed into them. We just declare it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Julie, there's something. Oh, go ahead. This is a part of what we're going to do in the day. Yeah. We're going to pray for the healing of women. We're going to pray for identity. We're, we're going to tell testimonies of how women have come out of dark places and have been transformed. It is a day, yes, of fast praying, weeping for our lost sons and daughters, but it is also a day of great hope. There is hope for every person in Christ. Jenny, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say that that Rose vision is very profound to me because mm -hmm. I had a dream. Um, it was a simple dream. And in the dream, the Lord said, if I were to name all of my women collectively one name, I would call her Rose. And I woke up from that dream and thought, well, I don't I don't know what that means. So I went on a little reading hunt and I found an article where some botanists wanted to make a better rose. Mm -hmm. And they said the only thing better about the rose as it is, is to take away its thorns. They thought that's what's wrong with roses. They have thorns. So they were able to do it. I don't know how they do all that engineering stuff, you know, but they were able to make another species of rose that in fact did not have thorns. But here's what they didn't know. And they didn't anticipate that the petals would die immediately. They shriveled up, they got holes, they wilted because the bugs had straight access. They didn't realize that the thorns protected the petals from the bugs. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to know through this? And he said, the identity of a woman when I make her is a hundred percent feminine, fragile, fragrant, soft, tender, beautiful. Mm -hmm. And she's also a hundred percent fierce. I put those thorns on my, on my mama bears. So when the enemy comes, there's no chance of the, of that enemy destroying the femininity that I put in women. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to say, you know, to piggyback off what you're saying here is every woman on here, you know, find your voice, find, find your fragrant voice, find your tender voice and find the voice that says, don't mess with my kids. <laughs> okay. Because it's both. We don't have to choose one or the other. And that's what's happening in this gender ideology is yeah. saying that you, you have to be one or the other, or you, you know, I'm just going to be the petals. I can't be the fierce. I'm only going to be fierce. Maybe one day I'll have this. No, ladies, we're both all at one time, all together. That's motherhood, right? So yeah. anyway, that was pretty neat, Julie, because I know you don't know that about that dream I had. I don't. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's a perfect yeah. segue to play this uh, short video clip from Aaron Lee. I mean, I watched this when I was like, wow. People have got to know what's going on. Can we go ahead and play that, Emily? Two years ago, I was a sleepwalking, naive mom. I had no idea the evil that was coming for our kids until one day my little 12-year-old daughter was invited to stay after school for an art club. But when she got there, it was actually Gender and Sexuality Awareness Club. And an outside activist had been invited in to teach my daughter about transgenderism, telling her that if she's not fully comfortable in her biological sex, it's because she's trans. She taught her that queer is a term to use while she's still figuring out her sexuality. She taught her about puberty blockers, suicide, polyamory, and she told her that parents might not be safe and it's okay to lie to them about where you are. Thank God my daughter came home and told us everything that happened to her that day. But the damage was already done. She had been convinced that her normal discomfort as a 12-year-old girl means she's transgender. And thank God that we came together as a family to get her through this confusion, and she has now completely desisted the trans identity. I'm Erin for Parental Rights, and I'm inviting you and your family to pray, fast, and stand with us at your state capitol on April 13th, 2024. Don't mess with our kids. Oh my goodness, that is something this else. Is, this is the classic, this is the classic Esther story. She's just a mom, joy life, and suddenly, a demonic decree comes, and she is faced with a, a moment of time where she is transformed from an ordinary mom into an Esther who finds her identity. And I've heard her speak, and she says, I, it doesn't matter if they come after me. If I die, I die. I'm fighting for my kids. And I think what a brilliant testimony. And by the way, it's not just one time. It's all 
through America. Yeah. Who knows? For such a time as this, we've called to be taking this stand as Esther's. Amen. Jenny, you want to say anything about that video? Yeah, you know, I, I know Erin, and she'll be at some of our events this um, winter, but to hear the story and a little bit more of the detail is alarming. You know, they, they seeded suicide that day because the, the suicide rate of a trans person is very high. The likelihood of a trans person living past 30 is unlikely. Um, it is all leading to death. And in that art club, which it was not art club, but in the art club group, it was only 90 minutes and this sweet little girl is brought into a massive place of such confusion that she then became suicidal. But there was a little girl in their group that ended up drinking bleach. She lived through it, but the attempts of suicide amongst those little kids just from that one, we have to take this so serious. Yeah. We have to say, okay, it is Jeremiah 9. Death has climbed through our windows. And this death has kept the children out of the streets and the young men out of the public square. So God is saying to us, and, and I, I even look at like, okay, there's the drag marches. There's the pride month. There is the going into the public square. And I look at even, um, and I have great compassion for people who've had abortions, who have been in a same-sex lifestyle. I mean, those ones that are coming into an encounter with God, they are amazing. They're going to lead such a charge in this next revival and reformation. It's going to blow our minds. So you have to understand a great hope for deliverance and freedom. I don't think this is too hard for God. But my point is, if we look at the strategy of the enemy, we can say, hey, wait a minute, you're using kingdom principles. You're going to the public square. You were in the closet. Now you're out of the closet. We we, we need to have our prayer closets and then we have to go into the pub public square. And there is a, you know, going in um, to the schools um, and into the doctor's offices. I just got a notice um, for my child, her dentist appointment, just got this two days ago. And they said, your dentist appointment, you know, a reminder. And it said, um, she'll get an extra prize if she wears rainbow. Oh my. And I thought, you know, it's just, it's coming in at every place. They are, it's evangelism for the kingdom of darkness. Subtle about it, but you know, it's really not. No, like no. And they, so, so just so we know, we're going to have to be, this has to go from an ethereal place. It has to go from the emotional, like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. That's where I started. Like I, what, you know, the shock and awe factor, but then it has to land. It has to go through prayer. We have to take the word of God and deal with this stuff in the air. And then we need to, we need to put our feet on the ground. So that's why we're calling people to the freedom tour events, but also to the Capitol. April 13th. That's a big day. It's 413. Look at Esther 413. You'll know why we picked that. Wow. Anything else that um, you all want to share that we didn't get a chance to? And then we're going to show all the websites and links and how people can donate and be a part of these events. I don't think so. How about you, Lou? Yeah, I, I don't I don't think so. I mean, I could go on for hours, but I think this has been a good time to go. Thank you. Yes, awesome. So we have this donation link that people can sew into for the million campaign to make this happen. And Lou, you're um, wanting to do this, I believe, in October of 2024, but you're waiting for permits. Any update on that? Yes, uh, yes. We're still waiting for the permit, but it, it it looks positive, and we're we're declaring we're going to do it. Yes, one way or another, we are going to do it. Whether we get the permit or not, no, I'm not even saying we are getting, we have the permit by faith, but we, but we're going to do it where enough. So that's not the issue. The issue is getting out of the day of atonement, which I believe God has given to us. It, it, and it is, it will be probably an eight to nine hour day, a fast. It'll be Jeremiah 9 praying, women weeping groaning, travailing for for their children. It will be it will be worship. It will be um uh healing of of the of the of the women. Um it will be a, a stand uh standing for life always. Um and it will be I believe a day that can literally break witchcraft. 
uh, because I, the witchcraft is behind the ideology. So that was the original dream. The women will come and they will break witchcraft. The ideologies that Jenny's talking about right here, you know, it's sure controversial, but it's from another world. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Head to ElijahStreams.com slash give. Now back to the show. And I'll end with this. I had a dream during the January 6th time. Mm-hmm. And all that craziness was going on. Maybe I shared this. And in the dream, I was the president of the United States, which obviously is a symbolic dream because that would be chaos. In the dream, there was a massive gathering on the mall in Washington, D.C. I couldn't see who they were. Maybe nameless, nameless faces. I think it's this women's gathering. And in the dream, I didn't know what to say, so I lifted my hand. And as I did, the roar from that crowd was revival, revival, revival. I believe 2024, in the midst of the whirlwind, I believe we're in the days of the great revival. If you want to know what time it is, go to look to your watch. If you want to know the prophetic time, look to what's happening in Israel. 1948, Israel becomes a nation after the fast, Joel 2. And then he restores the land and pours out his spirit. 1967, Israel's six-day war, outpourings of the Holy Spirit. I believe, brothers and sisters, look what's going on in Israel as the timepiece of a coming revival for the whole next year. I feel God is saying, Lou, this is a fasting Esther preparation year. Send the Holy Spirit. Send revival. Could it be that God has gave me the dream during the January 6th craziness because he wants the church to gain authority in the spirit realm that actually Haman's will fall and God will promote Esther's and Mordecai's into the high places of this government that may give us the window of a new reformation. We're believing for 100,000 LGBT to be saved and transformed when women cry out for their sons and daughters, those on drugs, those on uh, those in mental illness. Oh, we're losing a generation. But oh, wait till Esther groans and travails. Watch what God will do. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So let's um, bring up these websites real quick. And then um, I would love for you all to uh, lead us out in prayer. So Jenny, we've got her voice, mbmt.com, where you can go to um, for a lot of what you talked about and the prayer strategies and get involved. Yes. Yep. Um, prayer go. groups and networks. Go ahead. Yep. Yep. You can start a prayer hub and go join the Esther Network or even look at the Freedom Tour that's happening in January, February, and March. You can look at that all at Her Voice Movement. Of course, the state capitol on the 13th, you guys are like, we got that. And then, um, you know, every Monday we share the vision on a live Zoom, 10 a.m. Pacific time. You can look there at don'tmesswithourkids.us slash live. But also on that same link, there is a replay and you can go just watch the replay. We have hundreds of views live every week and hundreds of views on the replay every week. It's kind of the, it's the on-ramp for people to be able to say, oh man, I want my sister to know about this. I want my husband to know about this, but you don't know how to regurgitate it all. And some things we haven't even discussed today, you can get them on this. And that's one of the many ways that we're mm-hmm. getting the word out. But I would just say, you know, let me, do, let me just pray. I, Father God, I ask you for every person in the sound of my voice that you would give them great courage, courage, God, to use their voice in this hour. Use their voice, God, whatever it might be for some people that they hesitate or they're just not sure, or there's some type of limit or struggle with their voice right now, whether it be people pleasing, whether it just be a place of not being familiar or feeling unqualified. God, would you just tear down every barrier, every barrier to the voices of the men and women? Father, we know that you decided to use people to move the earth to your heart. So God, I ask you in the name of Jesus, we just agree right now that no weapon formed against anybody under the sound of my voice will prosper and every tongue that rises up in judgment against them will be condemned. Mm -hmm. And Father, release our voices in this hour. Give us the faith, give us the boldness, give us the trust to do it. No matter how small we think our influence is, God, I ask you, Jesus, that every person would use their voice in this hour in Jesus' name. 
Yes, Lord. And Father, I pray, Joel chapter 2, when there's no hope for a nation. Esther chapter 4, when there's no hope for a nation, when there's a crisis, you still have a holy prescription. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Gather the people. Call a fast. Young and old, all come. Let them call upon me. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit. I'm praying that God, those hearing a, a sound, a trumpet blown by God himself, will explode all across the nation. Do what Jenny and I cannot do. Lord, our small voices erupt across America. Create a sound that no man can deny. No woman can deny. And, go, and loose a gathering anointing where historically, in solemn assemblies, you shifted history. I pray that you would raise voices on their Instagrams, on their Facebooks, on their networks. Women, men will begin to mobilize, mobilize, mobilize. A sound will take place that you will hear an answer, and you'll turn a nation back to God. This is our cry. It's the cry we've carried for so many years. Lord, send revival. Send reformation. And turn a nation back to God in Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm just hearing while you all are praying, your rege your rege redemption draws near. There are many of you right now that need to hear that. Your redemption draws near. That's not only for you, but for your children. Your redemption draws near. So we just thank you for redeeming many watching this, Lord, and many families watching this and their children thank you lord can we show one more time the million voices website how you can find out to get involved in this huge uh monumental washington dc gathering uh for next year and then again one more time the donation link of how you can sew into it we're believing with you all for a million esters to arise and use their voice and take a stand thank you lord Thank you so much, Lou and Jenny. It was an absolute privilege and an honor to have you guys on today. Thank you for mobilizing the troops and calling us to action. It's, it's, I know it stirred up a lot of people in a very good way, and it's important that we get stirred up in these days to causes that matter and, and to take on these tough subjects that the Lord really wants us involved in. So thank you very much for your voice and your ministry. We're You're welcome. Thank you. So everyone, yes, thank you. That's our show today. We thank you for joining us. And we'll see you tomorrow on Wednesday with Nathan French. You don't want to miss his revelation. Wow. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.